Man, LeBron James reaches a milestone only shared with one other player. We have three confirmed dunk contest participants and we rate the BS meter on some trade rumors. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the clinic, all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. We got a full house tonight, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, man, it's been a while. John, how you living, my friend? What's up, my man? I'm doing great. NFL playoffs are here, and let's talk some basketball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm glad my NFL team is good because the Clippers are not. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. But we're going to get to our first bit of news here, and it looks like LeBron James joins Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a second player to reach 38,000 career points. The four-time finals MVP reached his 38,000th point on a 20-foot jumper with five minutes and 43 seconds remaining in the first quarter against the Philadelphia 76ers. And coming into Sunday's game, James posted averages of 29 points, eight rebounds, and six assists per game on 50% shooting, or sorry, 50.3% shooting from the field. So, LeBron James scored 35 points against the Sixers in a loss. And after that game, LeBron James is totaled, totaled right now at 38,024 career points. So as of today, he is... 364 points away from surpassing Kareem. And I have the regular season, the rest of the regular season schedule of the Lakers in front of you guys. And I want you guys to guess when this, when LeBron James will pass Kareem for the all-time scoring. And I'm thinking it'll probably be around like maybe 10, 11 games, but I'd like to know what you guys think. If we're gonna do the average of 30 per game, Sammy and John, we're about like the Indiana New Orleans point, which is the second fourth of February. But I think if I'm LeBron James, I'm circling January 31st. Do it at the Mecca, do it at New York against the Knicks. Last year, Curry broke the three point record and there's always been like this little rivalry between Steph Curry and the King. I think LeBron James is shooting for the 31st. Okay. So that's very ambitious, I would say, because that would mean he would have to average more than 30 a game, or he would have to have a massive game of like 55 or 60 to (laughs) kind of even that out. I I just did the math. It's 40 points. 40 points. Right, right. It's totally a look. This is LeBron James we're talking about. This is totally possible. And like JJ said, I think seeing that in the Mecca at New York on the biggest stage would be something to see. But I do think, and I am of the theory that players intentionally don't hit the mark or they do hit the mark depending on where they're playing, depending on who they're playing and where they're playing. And I think this is going to be one of these things. He'll deny it. But I'm looking at a game against the Golden State Warriors. And I know, look, I just think that the ride, the history that they have, that he's had, I know it was not with the Lakers, but it was with the Cavs, but it was just, it's considered one of the greatest rivalries in recent memory, right, in the NBA. And I think just doing it against Golden State 
would be something to see. And I think that's why I'm circling this game on the February 23rd, Thursday, versus at versus Golden State in LA at Crypto.com Arena. I know, I was about to say Staples. I'm still not used to it. But yeah. I think it's going to be that game, February 23rd. I think that's what? That is 12, 13, 14, 15. That's 16 games, which is, you know... I think it's going to have a few games in like in the low 20s range then. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's my game. What do you guys think? All right. And Draymond Green wouldn't have to miss. There. Draymond Green, yeah. Draymond yeah. Green wouldn't have to miss a game. Because he'd already be playing, right? <laughs> he would be playing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm close to you in terms of game number, but my theory is a little different. So I actually think to hit a certain game, he is, there's going to be, you know, load management, publicity management, whatever you want to call it to maximize it. I'm going the game before you. At home also, I agree okay. with that, against New Orleans. The reason I'm picking that game is because we know Clutch, we know LeBron, knows how to maximize his press, right? What better story going into all-star break than LeBron breaking the record and then having a full week to talk about it during the entire all-star festivities? Ooh. So I go with that. I say he misses a game or two in between, so he keeps his average around 28 to 30. He hits it there. And it becomes the story of the entire All-Star Weekend. And it's that's all a, the publicity when everyone's there. That's a great point. But even if he didn't get it and he was still close, they'd still be talking about it, right? They would, but if he officially broke it, that would be like... True. Like, it would be praise LeBron for a week. Like, literally. And he wouldn't have to talk about how well Cleveland is building up their team like he did at last year's All-Star <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so, that's my pick. February 15th so, at home against the Pelicans. And hey, bro... We want to hear from you. Well, the only thing that I was thinking about those two games, too, um, for the same points that you guys were saying. But the only thing that I'm thinking is I think he also wants to squeak out a win. And I don't know if the New Orleans Pelicans is that team that the Lakers can beat. The Warriors have been pretty up and down. So I'm thinking that he might think he has a chance to win that game. Unless we're shooting for OKC on the seventh. <laughs> There's no way. There's no. no way it's going to be that. He'll but sit out. He's going to sit out this game. Right. Interesting. So okay, I will okay, also so just recap. really quick while we're talking and uh, just going on about this. You know that 40 point per game average that JJ was leaning into? I just want to throw out that there are nine minutes left in this game. He's playing against Houston and he has 37 points right now. So maybe 40 a game might be the oh, way to go. I'm man. telling you guys, man. Yeah, man. I'm telling you guys. Well, here's a, but all, here's here's also another consideration of that is that okay? There's a back to back January 30th and the 31st. He's sitting. He's been sitting back to backs. So there's a chance he's not going to be playing every single one of these games. That's also a three and four night. So that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. So he might not play. He might miss. Like, if we're going to talk about the next 10 or 12, 13 games, there's a possibility he might miss too. I mean, he's been sitting because of, quote, knee soreness, but that's another word for load management. Thanks a lot, Kawhi. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's another consideration. But you know what, JJ? You're right, man. He's he's not slowing down. No signs of slowing down. He's still putting 37. Wow. So, mm-hmm. he might get there a lot sooner than Sammy and I think. So, I wouldn't be surprised. So can we do a recap, and then yeah. we'll, we'll revisit this when when uh, when that time comes? So I said February twenty third, Thursday, Golden versus Golden State. Sammy, what'd you say? February fifteenth, home for New Orleans. New Orleans. JJ. Thirty first at the Mecca. John, I'm with you. I'm gonna go with uh, that Golden, Golden State? State game. Okay. Absolutely. And 
I wanted, oh. I wanted to ask you guys, okay? So, do you think it's even possible for LeBron James to reach 40,000 points by the end of his career? Easily. I don't, I don't even, the barring injury, I think he reaches that, what, mid next year? If what he about get her? 45,000 points? Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, like, how many, okay. <laughs> to put things in perspective for, for not just myself, but for everyone and all of our listeners, how many years ago, and it's probably, what, three, four years ago, maybe even last year, but how long ago did we say, hey, LeBron is at the tail end of his career. He's not going to be putting up these numbers for long. I think I've said that for the last four years, maybe. And what he's doing this season is, it defies logic, at least in my opinion. And so, I, I don't, I mean, like, I don't think it's that much of it's far-fetched at all, 45,000. I'm with you. I actually, I think he's going to get it. I think he might make a point of hitting that before he retires. JJ? Yeah. I mean, it's LeBron James, man. That dude takes care of his body. So he spends two million. He spent one million on his body two years ago. He's spending two million. He's gonna bump that up to five million a year now soon. Yeah, he's, he, he might have to cryogenically freeze like Austin Powers at this point. Is that where we're going? <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, Sammy. Okay, of the current NBA players now, do you guys think one will this record will his record ever be broken, and by which by which player do you think it would be broken by? If you had to pick one. I'm going to just say, I don't think it's going to be within the players playing in this league today. I don't think Luka takes care of his body like how LeBron takes care of his body. Luka's pure skill, and I know that skill transfers late in age, like what we're witnessing with Steph Curry, but Steph Curry conditions himself every year. He's always in shape. LeBron James is always in shape. Luka... With the pace that he's playing now, guys, playing how many minutes? 38 minutes a game with no help. They're not getting. They're not giving him any help with in terms of the roster either. So I know, like, I think a cop out answer is Luca. I don't think he's gonna break it. <laughs> what do you guys one, think? I'm, like, I'm literally trying to find a reasonable person that I can make an argument for. Um, all right. This is... A million things have to go correct for this to even get close. Tatum all of a sudden is a 31 point per game score. He's still only 24. He's going to be at about probably 11,000 points by the end of the season. Actually, maybe 10-5. If he takes care of his body like LeBron, he has an outside chance. By outside, I mean like 5% or less. But outside of Luka, that's the only one that off the top of my head I can throw at you. I, I don't think anyone active is going to break it either. I'm with JJ on this. Either of you have somebody in mind that uh, we're not thinking of? I don't... I Okay. I Currently, I don't think there is anybody in the NBA. Luka would probably be the, the easiest choice, like JJ said. And even then, it's still pretty... It's a reach, but I'll say this. Every time we think that LeBron, there's not going to be another LeBron James or there won't be another player that we've never seen. 
I mean, look at, at, at Wemby, right? I'm not saying that he's going to be able to break a scoring record, but you, you, years ago or even a year ago, you never thought you would see a guy that has seven over seven feet or seven feet that has a wingspan that he does that's able to play like he's 6'2". Handle the ball like he's 6'2", shoot like a shooting guard. And we haven't seen a player like that. So for I think it... I, I can't just sit here and say that's not going to be broken because at, at some point nobody thought the Kareem's record was going to be broken, right? And now here we're talking about it's going to be shattered by somebody. So that's kind of yeah. my take on it. But yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, though, because you've got to look at some like unicorn kind of a player and project because you're literally talking about the all-time NBA scoring record. So you've got to look at someone and project it in that way. I'm sorry, uh, Ro, go ahead if you have someone in mind. Yeah, I'm going to shoot down that Luka thing, too, because, I mean, when LeBron James came into the league, I mean, you look at his his like first three year highlights. Dude was an athletic freak. Right. And he stayed that way for a long time. Luka, I mean, he's not really an athletic specimen that I can count on being healthy year after year after year, especially when he gets older. And the only other person that I could think that's an athletic freak right now would be like a Giannis Antetokounmpo, but big, like tall people like that, they end up having knee issues. So it's like, I don't even know who could stay healthy for that long, let alone be a starter, be a 20th, a 20 time, like all-star. Like these are absolutely ridiculous things to accomplish or to even expect out of anybody. Cause it's so right. rare. Yeah, and you see, the thing with, like, Giannis, I just wanted to chime in on what you're saying, is he had, like, three, four years where he really developed until he became who he was. So right. you're looking at that in perspective. He had a couple years where I think he averaged, like, 8 to 9 or 9 to 10 points a game. Someone breaking this record has to come in and average 20 minimum off the jump. It's got to be someone NBA-ready. So that that takes out so many players because Giannis, like, it's hard to think this, but I just look, he's 28. So yeah. 10 to 11 years, maybe, like, maybe... 12 if he really takes care of himself so it's a really and good Le- point in that regard too lebron came in when he was 18 too exactly yeah like he's been playing for more of his life like more of his life has been spent in the nba than anything else 20 years like yeah, the longevity is incredible and i was thinking like maybe steph curry but steph curry's at like twenty-five thousand points i don't think there's because yeah. i i think someone like him who has like really great shooting can be in the league for a really long time as long as that shooting doesn't go down but i don't think the productivity is going to be there like a lebron james um so it'll just be sort of interesting to watch and see but i'm going to take us to our next topic here we're going to talk about the 2023 nba all-star dunk contest and it looks like the three participants has been revealed one it's going to be shaden sharp Two, it's going to be KJ Martin. And three, NBA G Leaguer, Mac McClung. And I just want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts on this lineup for this year? It's sad I will that defer. I will defer to you guys first because... I'm just going to say it's sad that the best dunker on this list is a G Leaguer. And Mac McClung that everyone else, like Shaden Sharp, I know that Rip City will rip me because they're gonna say that this guy's the second coming of Vince Carter. 
and KJ Martin from the Rockets. <laughs> like, oh man, KJ Martin, totally the best Rocket to come and uh, represent Houston. But it's like, who? What? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. The slam dunk contest used to be an event, an entertaining event, and it had the best of the best, not even just like dunkers, but players come and participate. Now you got like these G-leaguers and no names competing. I mean, no disrespect to Sharp, Martin, and McClung, but I don't think people are gonna be, you know, spending their time on Saturday for the casual viewer to watch these three dunkers, you know? You are a hater. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, why do you guys think that is? Why do you why do you think Adam Silver, or rather, why do you think we are not getting these superstars in these contests? I mean, I think the answer is pretty simple. I think it's because one, they don't have enough incentive to do the the contest. Right? There's not even if it's monetary to get the guys that are the stars, the that have that it factor that can bring crowds to their feet those guys are already getting paid enough so the monetary compensation really wouldn't even be it wouldn't matter so they have to find a different way to encourage and incentivize these these top players to be in the dunk contest the second thing about that is also injury fear of getting injured because you have to understand that these guys are going hard they are jumping high there is a risk to get injured and what worst thing to do mid-season when your team is in a playoff hunt or trying to compete for a championship than getting hurt. And to me, that's, that, that's just the bottom line. Um, but one of the things I wanted to, to mention, ask, ask you guys is that I don't think there's enough emphasis on, I think people are looking at guys that can jump and you see their highlights and they can dunk, but they're not factoring the, the clutch factor of dunking. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but there, there's so much pressure when you're in front of a crowd and you're in front of a live audience to make a dunk. And you've, if you look at past history, it's the guys that can do it in a game, the guys that can stand up to the pressure, that can make clutch shots. I mean, we're talking about Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, right? We're talking about Dominique Wilkins. These are star players, and these are the guys that are known for making dunks. I mean, even Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. So to me, it's like you just can't fill in the roster with guys that are, can jump high and dunk. You have to find guys like John Morant, that know how to handle pressure. And so it's that or bust for me. If they can't find those guys, they need to put this 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 competition on the back burner, which hurts me because I love the dunk contest. But that's kind of my rant. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I had to get that off my chest. Mac McClung, come on, dude. <laughs> All right. So mentioning him, I one, I agree with you. I think that right. star power also it creates more of a buzz before these guys go up. So the crowd's already more hyped because we've seen more of these players and what they can do in game. So it builds up anticipation. Like when Vince Carter participated that year that he did, the crowd was ready to go for him before he even started. So you had built in enthusiasm, enthusiasm, which makes the whole event better. Mac McClung, look, no disrespect to him, but legitimately there is a G League dunk contest. I'm not saying this with any sarcasm. Mm -hmm. So why is a G League player in the NBA contest. Unless he's one of the best dunkers we've ever seen in contest, I do not understand that move. It doesn't make sense to me. What it comes off as, whether or not this is true, is that the league 
kind of along the lines of what John says, is having so much trouble drawing even rotation or bench players at this point that they have to go to the minor league of the NBA. That's a big problem. If you're going to that point, then yeah, it might be time to either drastically change this thing or even put it to bed. But I'm, I'm hoping that. I hope they come out and they put on a show. But I think that is a big part of this. If you don't have recognizable players, then they have to earn the fans' enthusiasm that night. Whereas if you have good players that have reputations, they bring enthusiasm in the fan base with them. And that's such an underrated part of the dunk contest is the crowd being into it. If the crowd is into it, it makes every dunk feel better to me. Yeah. like So that's where I'm at with this. Sergeant, just really quick, man, because, you know, we're talking about like trying to get these household names to participate. And people are saying, well, they're not going to do it for the for Saturday at the All-Star game. No, don't get it twisted, fans. The three-point contest has drawn the best names. For whatever reason, the dunk contest hasn't. Last year had Donovan Mitchell, Steph, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, and Jalen Brown. Just for the three-point contest two years ago, I, I mean. The year before that, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Zach Levine. The year before that had even Dame, Danny Green, Devin Booker again, and Steph. So every single year, the three-point contest gets probably some of the best officers. But for whatever reason, yeah. the dunk contest doesn't. You think it's because they're too embarrassed that they may not have a cool dunk? That's what I'm wondering. That's a good yeah. question. I was literally thinking the same thing. You have a bad shooting performance. Everyone forgets about it. Yeah. At the three-point contest. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was like just about to say, too, where it's like I think people or players fear this culture of social media right now where if you have an embarrassing dunk, like if you haven't seen Antonio Harvey's uh, dunk contest dunk, it's one of the most embarrassing things ever that lives forever Yo, on YouTube. Blue. I don't think these players want something like that. And which is like a huge problem, right? And I don't know how they overcome that. But with that being said. In the words of JJ, stop being weak. Agreed. Just agreed. <laughs> yes, thank you, John. So, what do you what do you guys think about like what would be the best dunk history contest of all time? Sorry, looking back at past previous dunk contests, what were your guys' favorites? Who wants to go first? All right, I'll. I don't think in terms of pure the actual difficulty of the dunks it was the best one but I got it I got to go to 88 the Dominique MJ duel man I mean that's the one that most people will refer to the most because again of the star power and back then I think they had a wider array of dunks to try because not everything had been done in contests so I got to go Neek versus MJ for sure for me what about you guys you stole the words out of my mouth man um you guys been to my like my my old bedroom at my parents pad on my wall the infamous nike poster mj dunking from the free throw line Iconic. was that next was that next year smash mouth <laughs> poster my uh, Britney spears poster john yeah. <laughs> i won't hate you for that those, those i i think i may have had one for other reasons may but have. we won't go into that we won't go into that no, I, I guys, I like your guys' choices. Uh, honestly, I'm not gonna pick the same one. I'm not gonna go there. I, 
And I'm gonna do something more recent. So I'm gonna go with the 2016 dunk contest. And I know overall, top to bottom, it wasn't the best, but we're talking about Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine going head to head. And if you guys remember that Aaron Gordon notoriously got robbed, which I think most people agreed with, but Zach Levine had some crazy dunks. But the the memorable ones were with the mascot, the Orlando Magic mascot and yeah. the hoverboard. He was, and, I, and that's so underrated to me, is that the mascot was holding the ball up with one hand, palming it, palm, palm facing up, rotating on the hoverboard. And Aaron Gordon had to time it to grab the ball, mid it, and he not only grabbed it with, he grabbed it with one hand. One hand. Cup, cupped it. And did a reverse in a and sort of a windmill 360. And then there was the other one. What was the other one? Underneath both legs yeah. over the mascot. Mm-hmm. That was the same dunk cut. Those. I know we're not. It's not Jordan. I know it's not Neek. I know it's not you know Kobe. But those are definitely up there in t- some of the best dunks that I've ever seen. So, John, I'm, I'm gonna have with to go you. with that. I'm gonna have to go with that. If we're talking about like pure contest, like a person trying to one-up each other over and over and over. They went into overtime. Yeah. And they had to come up with dunks on the fly. And even the dunks on the fly were, like, amazing. Like, off the side of the backboard, that 360 windmill dunk. Like, that contest was was absolutely ridiculous. But probably the most, like, my favorite one would have to be Vince Carter. Would have to be the It's Over. It's the first time that i've ever seen someone combine power with style and grace and it was awesome i think everyone was shocked that day but anyway i'm gonna take us to a break here with a word from our sponsor the nfl playoff pictures locked in and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can get $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, we're going to take it to the next topic here. And it looks like trade rumors are heating up with the trade deadline only three weeks away. And I wanted to mention some of the more popular ones that are out there. And I want you guys to decide on a scale of one to five, five being complete BS and one being the least full of doo-doo. What is your BS rating about Miles Turner possibly going to New York or Toronto where Julius Randle is the main piece for New York and OG Nat Ananobi or Gary Trent, or I'd rather both of those pieces are the main pieces for Toronto. I'm going to start with John here. I think that the BS meter is high for this, for both. Because the Pacers are playing a lot better than almost anybody expected this year. And I think they have a lot more leverage when it comes to Miles Turner. So... They either don't trade him or they wait for the right piece, which to me, uh, Julius Randle, I, I love him, former Laker, but I, I just don't see him as a, a piece that's going to propel the Pacers to the next level. 
Ananubi, good piece. Gary Trent, same thing. I just, I don't, I don't see it. Um, my BS meter is four, pretty high. Agree? Sammy, Disagree. I'm a five on this one, actually. I'm even higher <laughs> on it. Um, and I, I will tell you, my logic actually goes the other way. And what I mean by that, John, is from the New York perspective, Randall's actually played really well with Brunson, but on the opposite end of that, you bring in Turner, you already have Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein. Like the the fit doesn't make sense. So unless Isaiah Thomas comes back in as the GM there, that one doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they should make that trade. For Toronto, the main thing that I've read from good sources over and over and over is that they highly, highly value Ananobi and it would take a massive return to get him. Uh, I can't remember the exact comparison. Actually, it was there was a report saying they would need a return, not quite on the Donovan Mitchell level, but around there to trade him. Wow. And so I don't think, obviously, like Turner's a good, good player, but I don't think he's that guy. So I'm going five here. JJ, what do you think? Yeah, it's a five. I just don't see Miles Turner. I don't know why Indiana would want Julius Randle. Number one. So, yeah. I'm just I, gonna I say that. that. Who who wants Julius Randle with that contract? Ouch. We, we all know his moves. I we've heard John say his critique, which is spot on. He he ain't lying. John's not lying. Okay. And like uh, to add on what Sam was saying, like Anunobi, he's considered by most front offices as the best defender in the league. So with him coupled with Gary Trent for the main pieces, I don't see it happening. So yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't see it happening either. And I wanted to like kind of twist this around. Do you guys even see Miles Turner being traded? Yes. Yes. I, I, I still see it just because I know Indiana has played good ball this year, but I don't think they look at themselves as contenders yet. And from an asset management perspective, it makes sense to get what you can for him. So I think so. It depends. Are the Lakers going to give up two first round picks or not? <laughs> He'd already be in LA if they would. Because that will determine my answer here. I mean, anyway, is, is there a chance that the Pacers are kind of looking at this whole like Sacramento situation and how Sacramento felt like they were like in a rock in a hard place with like Davion Mitchell, Fox, and also Halliburton. And it only took one good trade to happen. Like, let's say they get rid of Buddy Heald. They match someone else better with Miles Turner. Collect pieces. I'm just saying, I don't necessarily think Miles Turner is like a for sure thing that he's going to be traded this year. Um, but we'll take it yeah. to the next person here with D'Angelo Russell. And it looks like he's rumored to be traded to the Miami Heat, where, where uh, Kyle Lowry is the main piece. JJ, one to five, what's your BS meter? I know that it's all up in the media right now, but I'm gonna say a five. Like, Minnesota's young. You're gonna go backwards if you get Kyle Lowry and that terrible contract. And D'Angelo Russell as a Miami Heat, like, have we not discussed how the Heat culture, they're all about discipline? The Heat Mafia is what the, they call it, right? The nickname? You think Spolstra will love how D'Angelo Russell plays? I could already imagine him pulling out his hair 
<laughs> Angelo Russell tries to do his N1 moves with 24 seconds on the clock and turnover. I'm gonna say a five. I don't see any of these players trading places and fitting. Savvy, what you think? I'm gonna go four. The only reason I'm going four is because I could see Miami doing it for contract purposes because Russell's an expiring at the end of the year and Lowry has an extra year on his deal. So I could see them trying to get out from his contract and using it to do what Miami does, which is try to add the next player. And the only reason I'm not saying five from Minnesota side is because clearly that front office is not the brightest with what they gave up to get Gobert. And maybe in some convoluted way in their own heads, they think that Lowry's, and I'm gonna use quotes here, veteran leadership will somehow <laughs> help them. Um, so I'll say four, highly unlikely, but I'll give it a little, little chance of happening. Oh, Sammy, you hit the nail on the head. That was the ding, ding, ding in my head because I, I will say, I think it's very likely now because Minnesota, their gross mismanagement and negligence has been well apparent for the last three to five years. I mean, what did they trade, right, to get Rudy Gobert there? They yes. gave Utah the farm. Yep. And I would not put it past them to trade D'Angelo Russell for something that is... And, and Kyle Lowry used to be a good player, but he is washed, let's be real. And he's a terrible albatross of a contract. So I'm going to say this is like a... I'm going to say this is like a 2.5 to me because Minnesota is terrible. Their executive team is terrible. And I'm sorry for all the Minnesota <laughs> listeners, but that's just the reality here. <laughs> I'm with JJ here. I think it's an it's an absolute five, and for the same reasons. Just D'Angelo Russell and Heat culture, it does not mix. I do think that the Timberwolves are going to try to make a move, but I don't think the Miami Heat's a trade partner here. Um, but for the next person, we have Zach Levine, and it looks like he may be going to the LA Lakers with Russell Westbrook as being the main piece of that trade. Sammy, what you think? I'm going to give this one a two, and I will say I give it a two because there is no way this trade happens without both of the Laker first. And if the Bulls can get both of the Laker first, considering they need to recoup them from that Vooch trade that, unfortunately for them, ended up being a disaster, I think they would do it in a second and start their rebuild. So I think this one could have legs if those picks are in play. I'll go two. Ooh, okay. JJ. Interesting. I'll go three. The click what Sammy said the uh, the picks have to be included, but I don't know. I think that's giving up too much now. I guess we've been saying go all in since you have LeBron and AD though. Does Zach Levine put you over the top? Maybe. I I don't think a lot of NBA fans like how Levine has been playing this year though. But maybe in a Laker uniform, he'll be that much better. Just like Westbrook, right, John? <laughs> John, what you think? Oh, man. Um, so, I don't know if you guys knew this, but do you know who Zach Levine's agent is? I think you already know based on, that, on the way I asked the question. Clutch. Yes. Rich Paul. Put him on the plane. And uh, I just, uh, I, I mean... And look, I had a dream that Russell Westbrook was on the first flight out of LA and I helped pack his bag. So that has to account <laughs> for something. Get 
No. <laughs> I think this is like a two. I, th I agree with Sammy. I think there is... I think they're they're pressing hard. This is a full court press from the Lakers. I think the reports of them trying to land in a, a third star. And honestly, I've been going back and forth about it. Like, I think the Lakers need more depth. I need to actually get better shooters. I don't think one guy... I think they need to abandon this whole super team. Um, you know... Uh, outlook and go a different route but i think it's likely i do think that they're always trying to go for the big hit that's just who the lakers are so i'm gonna go with the two i'm with you guys in that two to three range and it all depends on what the lakers do here but i'm gonna take us to our next topic here we're gonna talk about austin rivers and he had this to say. He said, when I played high school, you only got a mixtape if you were a top tier guy. The landscape has changed now. Parents are paying people to come. Everyone gets a mixtape and looks at the camera. Highlight culture has absolutely killed the game of basketball. Nowadays, kids only watch highlights. They don't watch actual basketball games, the purity of the game, making a hockey pass, diving on the floor, talking on defense, playing defense at all, shooting good shots making the game easy scoring off one to two dribbles instead of 15 dribbles this whole thing has been forgotten about in basketball does austin rivers have a point here guys yes for sure and this is coming from austin rivers who was the king of the hoop mixtape if you look up hoop mixtape i believe his mixtape is the most viewed on youtube which is saying a lot, and we have some mixtape mix kings out there. Um, he was highly sought out, out as a recruit from high school. Derek Rose was a high uh, scouted player, but his mixtape was sick. LeBron James's mixtape was sick, but the commonality, common denominator between all three of those players were they're the top high school players. Now you just go to House of Highlights, you like see these kids they have cool highlights but is their overall game really good no because they're not being scouted or being recruited to join the likes of the acc and some of the big colleges out there so i think austin rivers is making a good point and it just shows you know he's the king of the mixtape too yeah I agree. I, uh, yeah, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go. You go. I was going to say, I, I agree too, but it's just kind of like, I'm not trying to hate, but it's kind of funny that this did come from Austin Rivers. Cause, yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> like, watching him as a clipper, it felt like he modeled his game after mixtapes. I'm just going to be real. Like, it was, that's how it felt. It felt like his game was all trying to be flashy and not making the subtle place. So, mm -hmm. I think he's right. I just think he's right with a big batch of irony. And I'll I'll just leave it at that, John. Go ahead. Pot, meat, kettle, is that what they <laughs> the, the saying goes? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm a little turned off by the fact that like Austin Rivers is the guy that actually said this, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he's actually right. I remember watching a clip the other day of Do you remember when Lamelo Ball was in high school, and the notorious play where he was pulling up, he was going up the court. He didn't cross the half-court line, pointed at the floor, and drained a half-court, basically a half-court shot. Do you guys remember that? Yes. And I think recently I saw a clip of an, of of this team, high school team. One kid did the exa same exact move. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, look, I understand that it was a cool play. It was, it was you know, heat of the moment, or 
it's something that people want to see. I mean, we live in 2023, but ultimately it's not a pure basketball. That's not something that like people who have who purists like us are people that watch the game, that watch defensive plays, that watch movement, that watch screens and, 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 and you know, value that those those things. We don't like that. And it just kind of shows you where the game has evolved and where kids are are taking the game. So Austin Rivers has a point. It's funny that he's saying it because he's kind of that guy who would do the exact opposite <laughs> of what he's saying here. But regardless, he's right. And so um, it's just it's just the wow. way that the basketball is being played now, guys. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're going to see that ever return. Do you think that the... the that pure style of basketball is ever going to come back. I mean, there, there'll be aspects of it, but I don't. I just. I think that's going to be. I think that's a foregone conclusion that it's out. Moving forward. Yeah, that that's that's a great question, and I'm in total agreement with what you what you guys are saying. But that's actually all we have time for today. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you guys. And if anybody's keeping track, LeBron had 46 tonight. So oh, JJ, man. Might, JJ might be the right one. We'll see. Oh, good night, That's everyone. looking like a pretty good bet. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. I guess he's going to break it in two or three games at this point. <laughs> Always good to be here. <laughs> and shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.